Can we welcome all our guests that are seeing this, viewing this online? Can we welcome them? We love you. Thank you for tuning in. Hope it's as good online as it is going to be in here. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. So thank you for tuning in. We love you guys. Here's, here's what's cool. In the Bible in Romans, it talks about honoring, giving honor where honor is due. And I have to do that this morning because I would not be where I am at and be the man of God I am today without your leadership. So thank you. I love being able to do ministry with you and alongside you and underneath you. And I'm so excited about where God is taking us under this great man and woman of God. Can you give it up for our pastors this morning? Also, uh, I would not be the man I am today without my bride. She, uh, she doesn't necessarily always tell me what I want to hear, but she always tells me what I need to hear, and that's what it's all about. And I'm honored to have my in-laws here to, today with us. So they didn't come to hear me preach. They came to see that grandbaby. So uh, very honored, uh, honored to have them come in. And uh, we're, we're going to get right in. We're, we're wrapping up this series today, The Prayer Effect. And, and we've, talked, we've talked vigorously about what this means and what prayer looks like. And I think we're going we're gonna to really kind of dive in and, and really wrap it up. I, I feel like I hope in the right way. We're going to talk about what prayer is really all about and what it consists of. But this is what I want to do today. This is what I want to do today. I want to I read our series scripture, and then I want to pray, and then we'll dive right in. Our series scripture is found in 1 uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. And it starts right here. It says this in verse 16. Rejoice always. If you have your Bible, 1 Thessalonians, it's in the New Testament towards, kind of towards the end. It's kind of small. It's like only five chapters. It's right there. If you don't see it, it's, uh, you, yeah, just follow along on the screen. Rejoice always. That's good. All right, let's start by praising God. Let's, let's start in, in a good mood. Pray without ceasing, never stopping, never relenting. Don't give up. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's the will of God that you would pray. It's the will of God that you would ask of him, whatever, whatever you need, whatever you desire, with the, the desires of your heart. It is the will of God for you to pray without stopping, without ceasing, not letting up, not relenting, going after him in your prayer life. That's, that's the will of God for your life. I love that. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, I love you. God, I thank you for what you are about to do in this place. God, that what, what you have done thus far, God, I pray that you would have your way. God, that your word would speak, that your word would go forward, that it would change us, mold us, make us into who you have called us to be, the people that we know that we should be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Have you ever had a call fail on you? Like a dropped call? You ever had one of those, right? I, I remember I get some of them, you know, every now and then, right? You go through a little dead zone. And, and what's the first thing you do when it, when it happens? One, you get really, like, angry. Come on. Because some, like, my, my wife, she plays the blame game sometimes. She's like, why'd you just hang up on me? I was like, baby, I, I swear I didn't. I promise I didn't, right? Or, or maybe, like, you're, you're the type of person that, that says, um, stupid Sprint, you know, AT&T, it's, it's, it's their fault. It's the big guys, right? We, we play the blame game, right? It's either someone who hung up on you or the, the company who you're with, right? We always play the blame game, right? But here's what happens. When, when it comes to that, when it comes to a dropped phone call or a call failed, right, there, there's one or two people in the room. There's one or two people in the room. You're, you're in this bracket A, all right, or the type one type peoples where maybe you're like my wife and you call back immediately like, oh no, they didn't. I know, I know they didn't. Right. And like, you're, you're on the phone, like they better pick up. 
They better pick up. I know they didn't just hang up on me, right? Call back immediately. Or maybe you're like me and it's like, well, they'll call back, right? <laughs> maybe you just kind of, you're in bracket B and you're just sitting waiting, right? What's funny is I had uh, Sister Pastor Megan tell me a little story after, after her first service and she said that her and Pastor Lydia will call one another. And what happens if you have the same type of people, type ones, right? Because they want to talk. Because they'll call, yeah, that's right. They'll call each other back and forth. But what happens when they call at the same time? You get a busy signal every single time. Oh, it's busy. Oh, it's, it's busy. Oh, it's busy. Oh, guess what? They're trying to call you back, right? Because they're the same type of person. And then what ends up happening is then you fall into bracket two and you're just like, oh, they'll call back, right? Maybe if you have two different types of people or two of the same person and, and you're just like, well, they'll call me back. Well, maybe you'll end up saying like, well, they'll just call me back. And the other person is doing it too. And then you never finish the conversation. That drives me nuts, right? There has to be a balance when it comes to these conversations that we have. There has to be a balance. There has to be a balance between one and two where someone is willing to wait on the phone call and someone is willing to make the phone call. Church, can I tell you today that God is waiting to hear from you. And it's not a call failure. The call has not dropped. He just wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about communicating with God. We're talking about having a conversation with God. He finds value in it. He finds importance in it. It's pivotal to God. Can I tell you that prayer is now for us today what he intended to have with Adam and Eve whenever he created us. He wanted to communicate with us. He wanted to have conversations with us. And to communicate with God is to commune with him. He wanted to walk in, in the cool of the evenings with Adam and Eve, but once sin entered the world, he could no longer do that. And so now prayer is the connection that we have to God. It is the conversation that we can have with God, not only to him, but with him. Right, y'all, some of y'all senior saints in here, y'all, y'all heard that song, right? Jesus on the main line. Oh, come on, son. Jesus on the main line. Yeah. Come on, Pastor John, we got to bring that back, baby. Right? Tell him what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me get my hanky out, right? <laughs> some of y'all having church up in here, right? It, 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 God wants to communicate with us. He wants to have conversation with us. He wants to hear from us. And I kind of put it this way, I have a relationship with my wife, we're in a marriage, but this relationship does not work if there's no communication, right? There's no relation if there's no communication, and we have to get to that point in that realization that, that God wants to have those conversations with us. He, he wants us to pray to him because he wants to talk back to us. There is a conversation that happens in communication. I think over the last several weeks, we've We've talked about the several aspects of prayer and what that looks like. And last week, we talked about owning, owning your prayer, right? Making, making it passionate. You're going to be passionate about what you pray about. But here's the thing. I, I oftentimes feel and think that we focus on the wrong side of prayer. I think we, we focus on the wrong side of prayer. Now, now bear with me. I don't, I don't want you to get upset or offended because this is, this is going to be good, but you just got to hone in with me. Prayer is communication, right? Conversation. We often try to hone something bright, brilliant, or maybe even mind-blowing to present before God, right? Oftentimes, this, this little number happens, right? Maybe, maybe we're, in, we're in prayer, or we're about to start praying, and we say, all right, dear Jesus. Ah, oh, no, that's, that's silly. No, I don't, okay, I need to, need to come with some spirit, like some spiritual stuff, right? I gotta be like Pastor Chris, all right. 
Dear Heavenly Father, no, I'm kidding. Pastor Chris is not like it. We try to come up with something like mind blowing, like like God is like sitting up there, like, ooh, I wonder what they have to say today. Tell me, come on, this is good, right? No, in fact, Psalms chapter one, uh, chapter one thirty nine, verse four says this: Lord, you know what I'm going to say before I even say it. He knows. He knows the heart of man. He created us. He's he's father. He's daddy, and he's and he wants to communicate with us. Right? It's like a, a child that did something you're not supposed to do, right? I already know you did something wrong, but I want you to tell me anyway. I want you to communicate. We, we don't do things wrong. We don't always drop the ball, but he wants to have that conversation. Even though he already knows the outcome, he already knows the beginning from the end, he already knows it all. He wants you to be willing to converse with him and conversate with him. A few weeks ago, we talked about salvation and the prayer of salvation and praying to God. I, I, I really believe when it comes down to it, and it comes to salvation, we have to be willing to pray. We have to be willing to open up our mouth. Salvation doesn't happen in here until we open this up because God wants to hear from your heart. He wants to hear from within. He wants to hear what's going on in here. So to open up your mouth and to communicate that to him, God, I want you in my life. I want to be saved. I want to listen to you and what you have for me. We have to be willing to open up our mouth. Let me, let me show you this, because prayer is important. Salvation prayer is important. Watch this. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says this. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sin, that's an if, because a lot of times we choose not to. Let's be real. Let's be real this morning. A lot of times we choose to kind of sit back, and it's like, man, I, I kind of rather do my own thing. Instead of going down this path and going down this road and confessing my sin to God, I'd, I'd rather just kind of wait to, to, to do that. But if we confess our sin, this is good. He is faithful. I love that. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everything that we've done wrong, our past, present, and future, he's willing to forgive us. He's willing to do all that if we confess our sins. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10 says this. If you declare with your what? Mouth? What? I went high voice on you. If you declare with your mouth... Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess, that you confess, that you speak it out into existence, that you talk to God. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are what? Saved. Prayer is important. Salvation, prayer is important. It's vital even. But hear me, watch this today. I still, I still don't think that it's, it's the important part of prayer. And this is why. It's not the best part of prayer. What? I don't, I don't understand. I, I, thought, I thought that, you know, that's the most important prayer we can pray. It is the most important prayer that we can pray, but it's not the best and most important part of prayer or any prayer. The most important part of prayer is the response of Jesus. It'd be like this. I'm sure Camry's watching in, in the, maybe they're not, maybe she was like just too much like, daddy, 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 right? We have a little one and a half year old girl and she is just an angel when she wants to be. Um, but she does this. She has her little thing, right? She tells us like that she loves us, right? And she's like, daddy, love, love, right? She pats her chest, pats her little heart and everybody goes, 
Right, shy baby. Oh, right. We'll bring her up. I wish I could. I, I should have thought of that. Should have had a sermon illustration. Tell Daddy love. She'll say woof, woof. Right. That that's sweet. Right. That's important. Right. We'll say shy and oh and oh. That's so cute. Oh, ugly face cry. Right. But here's here's what's awesome about all that is that I know that she loves me, but she doesn't really completely understand what she's saying to me. But y'all, can I tell you that whenever I hear that baby tell me that she loves me, it does something inside of me. And my response to her is, baby, I love you. I'll do anything for you. Oh, that, that does something inside of a daddy, right? The same thing happens when we're willing to open up our mouth and confess and profess and declare. When, when, we're, when we're willing willing to open up our mouth and say something to God, it does something inside of him. It's an excitement. It's a joy. He says, I've been waiting for you. I love you. I'm, I'm enthralled by you. You, make, you are the, the beat of my heart. Everything that we do, everything that we respond to God, he responds in excitement. Yes, child. You are forgiven. I see you. I want to be there for you. I died for you, and I'm here for you. That is the response of God. That is the heartbeat of who he is. That is the important part of prayer, and it's the important part of the prayer that we miss a lot of times because we think that this is the most important thing that happens, but it's his response. Salvation prayer, it's, it's his response. The focus isn't on our sin that we can confess. The focus is on his salvation that he can provide. And that's what it's all about, his grace, his forgiveness. Luke chapter 15, verse 6 through 7 says this. We sang this this morning about reckless love. And it says this in verse 6. And when he comes, this is, this is talking about the shepherd. He calls together his friends and his neighbors and saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven. Another version says that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous people who need no repentance. Can I tell you that that is the heartbeat and the response of God is the joy, the excitement, and the rejoicing that happens. That is, that's God. That's his response. He loves you. God's response is it's excitement. So many times we focus more on our request than we do his response. And here's what's cool. Here's, here's what's awesome about God is that, one, he's God, right? He always responds in his will or his way. He always responds in, in his will or his way. And we get frustrated about that sometimes. But have you taken the time to realize that he responds well, God, you didn't come through for me when I needed you to, right? I needed that prayer like five minutes ago, and you didn't even show up. What the junk? Now you show up? Yeah. Now, now you show up? Do you realize how awesome that is, is that he shows up? God shows up. He's there. He's responsive. He's not just sleeping. He's not ignoring you. He shows up. Why? Because he's God, and he's faithful. That's good. That's awesome. So many times, so many times, we focus more on ourselves. We focus more on our prayer. But are we focusing on his response? And if we're focusing on his response, do we really take the time to listen? Do we really take the time to listen? A couple of weeks ago, whenever pastor asked me to preach this message, I was, I was sitting there, I was kind of thinking, I was like, all right, I, I think I've, I've, I've prayed before. Yes, I have. Okay, so I can come up with something to say about prayer. 
right? And, and so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm like, God, you know, where do you, where do you want me to go with this message? What do you want me to say? What are you, what are you, what are you asking of me? And, and I remember praying that prayer, and I was just kind of thinking about some different stuff. And, and anyway, t- Tuesday night ends up happening of last week, and I'm, I'm just getting over the flu. And, and of course, my, my bride was praying for me. The church was praying for me. Staff was praying for me. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I'm, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm thankful for that. And now I'm able to preach. But here's, here's, what's, here's what's crazy. I didn't know what was in the medicine uh, or, or getting over the flu would be like because Tuesday night was crazy. All right? Let me, let me, let me just follow this up because it got real up in the Weaver house. All right? I was, I was sitting there. We just got done with small groups that night. We had a nearly newly small group, all the young couples. And there's a little shameless plug right there. Join a small group. That's what it's all about. Get plugged in, get involved, get connected, because that's what it's all about. But we got done with small group that night. We go home, and I am just exhausted. I am worn out, uh, just getting over the sickness and all this junk, and I just want to lay down. And of course, it's my night to watch the monitor and make sure camera is okay, right? So about 1130, we lay down, and I, I lay my head on my pillow, and I'm just resting, and all of a sudden, ah! I'm like, yes, I'm up. What? Oh my gosh. Okay. And, and little did we know that, you know, Camry's starting, she, she's already started to tease. She's, she's been teething for a long time. She's got one tooth that's just got to come through. And in Jesus name, I can get some more sleep. So if it just comes through, amen. So I get up, I go tend to her. I give her a medicine. I throw the syringe in the kitchen sink and I go. All right. So I'm going back to bed and I go to lay down again. And like, I mean, weird things are going on in my brain. Like so much so, I thought Pastor John was designing graphics in my head. Like going, I, I could not sleep, y'all. I'm like, what is this? I don't under, oh, I don't, I, I don't. And I'm like trying to sell. It was weird. Like it was, it was, it was weird. Okay, I'll leave you, at, I'll leave you at that. But I get up, I go to the bathroom. I can't sleep. Like literally between 11:30 and four o'clock, I maybe slept like 30 minutes to an hour. I'm just like banging my head up against the wall. And finally, about four o'clock a.m. in the morning, in the morning. Okay, some of y'all, is <laughs> guy, it, it got real. I'm sitting there and hopefully hoping that I'm gonna fall asleep. In the, the of course. My beautiful daughter starts crying again. I'm like, what? Right? <sighs> Sorry. Okay. All right. I'm going. All right. So I go and I, I get more medicine and I give it to her. And, and finally, like, I'm in the middle of the kitchen. Like, <laughs> I am frustrated, right? Two things happen whenever I get tired. I scream a lot and I cry a lot. I'm tired right now. I'm screaming. Uh, hopefully, I don't start crying. You never know. Who okay. cares? It may happen. But I'm sitting there in the middle of the kitchen, and I'm like, what, God? What am I missing? What is going on? And, and not like an audible Morgan Freeman voice or anything crazy like that, but God spoke to me right there in the middle of the kitchen. I'm standing there. I'm like leaning up against the bar, and I'm like, what? What is go? Am I missing something? Am I missing you? And, and just plain as day, I, I just I remember him saying, if you would have just listened for my voice the first time, you would have been asleep a long time ago. Okay. All right. All right, God, I get that. He's like, you asked for my help. You asked for my guidance. You asked for vision and direction for this message, but you you never take the time to listen. You didn't take the time to listen. And oftentimes we get like that. Oftentimes we get like that. We get to a place where we're willing to pray. We're willing to lay it all out there. God, you need to listen to me. You need to listen to me. You need to listen to what I have to say. And it's like, did you take the time to listen to what I have to say? 
And that's what, I, that's what I was doing. And oftentimes, we don't even know it, but our prayer can affect other people. I was up and down all night long that night, and Kelsey's like, what happened to you last night? What was wrong with you, right? Our, our prayer and his response affects other people. You have to be willing to understand that when you pray a big prayer like that. God, give me vision. <laughs> okay, you ready? Get ready. It's going to get good. You have to realize that when you pray, He's going to respond. He's going to respond. We're so quick oftentimes to cry out, to make our requests known to God, right? God, you need to listen. And when so many times we, we talk and, and we want it right, like right now, right? We're inundated with that. I gotta have it right now. If the internet doesn't load, come on somebody. If it does not load when it's supposed to, I'm like, uh, hello, what is this, dial up? Come on somebody, take me back to the stone ages, right? We get mad, we get upset, but we treat our prayer life like that. We treat God like that. God, you need to respond. I've got something important to tell you. And God's like, I, I know. I have something important to tell you too. I just need you to listen because you want it right now. And I'm not like that. Well, sometimes he is. Sometimes he's good. Come on, somebody. But I'll, I'll tell you what like my youth pastor told me. He, he said, how can the smart one talk when the dumb one won't shut up? Give you a hint. We're not the smart one, Okay. <laughs> Right? So many times we got to make our, ca our case known to God. Well, God, here's example A and example B, okay? And you need to, you need to do this and you need to do that. And God's like, okay, I but what, can, can you let me talk? It's like, all right, God, amen, I'm done, thanks. All right, I'll see you next week, right? We do that, right? So many times it's like it's all about what we have to say. And we have to get to a place in our prayer life where we're willing to sit, wait, and listen. I messed this up in first service. I'm not going to mess it up again. The problem that we have is that we're expecting a microwave response, but we're praying to a pot crock God. Crock pot God. Yeah. See, I said it backwards last service and I messed it up and I did it again. Crock pot God. Crock pot. Everybody knows what a crock pot is? Thank you. Apparently, I don't. I'm the only one in the room that doesn't. <laughs> Last service, last service, not only did I say it wrong, but I said it wrong twice. And then I didn't even realize what the audience was laughing at. I was like, what are y'all talking? Finally, y'all get it around here, right? Crockpot God. Why do I say that? Because those microwave meals, the, I, can I tell y'all, I'll heat up a corn dog just because I'm lazy, but my wife will prepare this incredible meal in the crockpot. Hello. All right. Hey. All right. In the crockpot, and it will sizzle, and it will simmer all day with all them incredible ingredients, and it's so good. And whenever I taste it at night, it just melts in my mouth, and the roast, and mm, yeah, it's almost lunchtime. It is lunchtime. Y'all getting hungry up in here. Here, right? We want the now response. I got to have it right now. We're inundated with it. We're pressured by it, but we're not willing to wait for it. And it's that much better if we do wait for it. So we have to get to that place. God is not like some genie in a bottle where we can just rub the magic lamp and he's going to come out and what, what wishes can I grant you today? All right, I want these three things. That's it. And now get in your box and I'm going to place you here and I'll come back to you whenever I need you. God is not like that. If we're going to pray a prayer, we have to be willing to wait for the answer. James 1, 19 through 21 says this, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. Anywhere in the Bible where it says understand this, I think we probably need to understand this. Okay. It said, man, I figured y'all may laugh or something. All right. You must, you must all be, everybody say all. 
be quick to what? Listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all filth, all evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart for it has the power to save your souls. Church, can I tell you, if we're willing to wait, listen, if we're willing to close our mouth, sit and listen to what God has for us, he can plant something deep in your heart that can change you, mold you, and make you into who he has called you to be, and it can save your soul, because that's what it's all about. That's the prayer effect. When we're willing to sit, wait, and listen on God, hear from him, he can do something incredible in our lives, like save our soul. Plant something deep in us that otherwise would not be there had we not taken the time to listen. I love this story in, in 1 Samuel. Samuel's kind of an important dude. He kind of anointed David as king over Israel. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, but Samuel, in this part of the story, this is a little earlier than that, Samuel is a young boy, and he's serving under Eli. And we pick this up in, in Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It says this, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli in those days. The word of the Lord was rare. It was rare. Wasn't heard a lot, right? Because there were no visions. There were not many visions going on. So, so Samuel did not know the voice of God. So here's what happens. It's kind of a cool story. It's nighttime. Eli and, and Samuel are trying to catch some Z's. They're, they're asleep. Okay, all right, just making sure you're paying attention. They're asleep. They're, they're, it's late at night. And Samuel hears from God. God comes forward and he says, Samuel, right? All spiritual and stuff, Samuel. He's like, yes. Well, what's going on? And he, he goes and he, he goes and he wakes up Eli because that's, what he, that's who he thought was calling on him. He said, yes, sir, what's up, man? What's going on? Eli wakes up violently, I'm sure. What's wrong with you, right? <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't like that. He was spiritual. Yes, my son, what can I do for you? He's like, yeah, man, you called me, bro. What's, what's going on? He's like, man, I didn't call you. Go, go back to bed. He's like, okay, all right. So he goes back to bed. Happens a second time, the Lord calls on him, Samuel. All right, what's up? Eli, what's up, dude? You call me? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to sleep. Eli's like, yeah, I'm trying to sleep too. Makes two of us in this house. At least somebody's trying to, but somebody keeps on waking me up. What do you want? Right? <laughs> Sorry, that's how I would respond, but that's not how Eli responded. Hey, man, I, I didn't call you. So Samuel's like, all right, man, all right. So it happens a third time. God calls Samuel. And this is where we pick up in our story. In verse eight, it says this. And the third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized what was going on. He realized that he wasn't calling the boy, but the Lord was. He says, go lie down. And if the Lord calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there calling as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Guys, we have to get to a place where we're willing to sit, wait, and listen and know the voice of God. So many times we can be distracted and we can be concerned with other voices in our lives and we can be turned to those other voices in our lives thinking, hey, did you call me? Hey, did you call me? Did you call me? And we can't even recognize and figure out which voice is which because we're not paying attention and we don't know the voice of God for who he is and what he can do. We have to get to that place where we recognize the voice of God and we're willing to listen. Is that good? I wanna do this. The next three 
three points. This is really the variables of what prayer is, the, the, the criteria I feel like we're going through. And I, if, you, if you're writing this down, if you're tweeting anything, Instagram, this is, hey, this is all, all for it. This is, this is how we break up prayer. The first is our request. We're really good at this part. Hey, I can make some requests known to God. God, save me. Hey, God, heal me. Hey, God, provide a miracle. Hey, I know what to do when it comes to prayer, right? And that is first and foremost, the first step is opening up my mouth. I can do that. I'm really good at doing that. Hey, God, this is what I need. This is my list. Thank you very much. I'll see you next year, right? We're really good at opening up our mouths a lot of times and making our requests known to God. And us taking the initiative is what it's really all about, opening up our mouth. Here's what you need to understand, because no one's going to pray the prayer that you pray like you pray the prayer. No one's going to pray for what you want like you do. No one's going to pray for your family like you do. No one's going to pray for your kids like you do. Nobody's going to pray for your finances like you do. Your passion and your prayer is what it's all about. So be passionate about it. And a lot of times, our prayer reflects on our faith. Watch this. It, it, maybe if we're kind of going through the motions or maybe kind of we're, we're kind of going through a season, sometimes our prayer reflects on how big we think our God is. Watch. Lord, I, I hope that you can save my family. Lord, I hope that you can provide a miracle. Lord, I hope, Lord, God, please come through. You see the difference? Watch this. God, I know that you're good, and I know you're awesome, and I know you can come through. God, that's why I'm praying this prayer, and that's why I come before you today, because I trust you. I know you. You're good. You're big. Why can't we pray a big prayer to a big God? Why can't our prayer be audacious enough, big enough, and gaudy enough to say, God, I know you're going to come through because you're good. I know you're going to come through because you're faithful. I know you're going to come through because you've never let me down before, because you saved me, and you love me. Why can't our prayer be that big, that audacious? Make it big. Don't forget about who you're praying to. Make sure it's from the heart. Make sure it's humble, resilient. Make sure it's pure and selfless. Philippians 2, 3 says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above your own. I love this. I love this. Make sure your prayer is selfless. Turn it around. Remember who you're praying to. Number two is this. Oftentimes, our prayer consists of our requests, but it also consists of God's response because it's not a matter of if he responds, but when he responds. He's going to respond. Throughout Genesis to Revelations, the entirety of the Bible, we see God responding in his way. And in fact, in Exodus chapter three, he responds to Moses out of the burning bush. And he says, I am who I am. When Moses questioned and he says, I have a st 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 stuttering problem. I don't know if I can stand before Pharaoh. I don't know if I can do it. And, and God responded, hey, I don't know if you know me, but I am who I am. If I said it, I'll do it. I'm good. I'm great. And I'm awesome. Just trust in me. Moses is like, I did. <laughs> That's God's response. He responded to Job in Job chapter 38 after Job had literally just got nothing. He's got nothing to lean on. He's got nothing to trust in. And he's even trying to maybe even question God. And God responds, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Uh, I'm good. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, you, you have understanding because you're awesome and you're God. God responds in a big way, right? He even responded in Jeremiah, and I love this, and we can even proclaim this over our own lives. He responded in Jeremiah, 
Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Come on, I receive that right now. That's what it's all about. I receive God's response over me. In fact, in Mark chapter 11, Jesus does something incredible. And in fact, we're doing that today as an example of what God has done in us. But we're doing water baptisms. And Jesus was water baptized by John the Baptist in Mark chapter 11. And God responds to his son. And he says this, for you are my beloved son. In you, I'm well pleased. That's God's response to us. And in Acts chapter nine, after Jesus had died on the cross, resurrected and ascended into heaven, it's going through the motions and there's this guy named Saul who would later become Paul who would later write two thirds of the New Testament. He's kind of a big deal. Jesus responds to him and he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Ended up changing his life for eternity. When God responds, things happen. When God responds, things change. When God responds, things shift. We have to be willing to set up right here to listen Can I tell you that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you've prayed for, God may never respond on our time, but he always responds on time. We have to own that. He's faithful to answer. He's faithful to come through, and he'll never let you down. If you trust him enough to pray to him, then why don't you trust him enough to come through for you? If he's that big, if he's that good, why can't we put a little trust in him? I opened up my mouth. I prayed to him then expect him to come through. His promises are yes and amen, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And I love what pastor says. His answers, his promises, yes, amen, or I've got something better. So many times we're expecting one thing from God. He better come through and I need this right now. And God says, whoa, 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 hang on. I got something better for you. Yes, amen, praise God. That's good. But if you understand my will and understand my way, it's better. God responds. He always responds. Third and finally, when it comes to prayer, the variables, the criteria of it, our request, God's response, we have to be willing to receive. Because again, it comes back to if, if, if God is God, he's, it's not a matter of if he responds. It's a matter of when he responds. Are we in a position to receive what he has for us? Are we listening? Are our ears open and our hearts open to receive what he has for us? Are you in a position, the right position? Are you in the right position to receive the word that you've been longing for? Are you in the right position to receive that miracle you've been waiting for? Maybe, maybe even that, that, that answer you've been waiting for, that call of God on your life that you've been waiting for. You're called. You're called. Maybe some of you been, you've been praying for a healing. You've been praying for something real specific in, in your life physically. And you've been waiting a long time. You've been pleading, begging with God. He's going to respond. He does. It's who he is. But are you in a position, are we in a position to receive the healing and the blessing that he has for us? There's an incredible story in the Bible, obviously. And the story consists in in Luke chapter 15, and we referenced this this whole parable that Jesus told earlier, and it's about lost things. It's about the lost coin or maybe the lost sheep. The shepherd went after him, right? We talked about that. But Jesus sums it up in this parable in Luke 15 at the very end, and he talks about the lost sons or the lost son, the prodigal son. 
A lot of preachers preach it. If you've been in church uh, uh, at any length of time, you may have heard this story before, but I kind of had a different spin on it. Just to give you a background of the story and, and what happened, basically the younger son came to his father and says, hey, dad, I want my inheritance. I want it all, right? I want my half and I want it now. And he says, okay, all right. So he gets it and he goes out and he parties, drinks. He, do, he just blows all his money, just gets rid of it. He's done, right? He is sitting broke as a joke and he is literally about to eat some pig slop. He's about to eat it and he's like, what am I doing? My dad's servants eat better than this. I'm going home. But so many times we focus on what happened there. We focus on maybe even the other son at the end of the story that didn't want to come through and he didn't want to hang out. But, but I want to focus on the dad because he's, he's not talked about, even uh, maybe even in some circles, maybe considered a bad dad because he's just willing to, hey, yeah, here's your money. Go hang out. Do whatever you want to do. But I love this story because watch this. Can you imagine the prayer that that daddy prayed? Could you imagine with me that after he sent his son to go his own way, not knowing, not having any communication with him whatsoever, but just trusting in God? Could you imagine with me that, that when that daddy got up in the morning, put on his clothes, and he maybe he bowed a knee, he said, God, I don't know where my son is but I pray that you would take care of him, that you would keep him safe, and that you would bring my boy home. When you really take in consideration of that story, it gets really good really quickly because you, you know that later on, the, the son ends up coming back home, right? God answers the prayer. God responds, but watch this. I love this passage of scripture because the dad wasn't just inside doing nothing. The, the dad wasn't just sitting on his honey rear end. I was going to say, well, he wasn't sitting on his butt somewhere. He wasn't, sitting, he wasn't sitting doing nothing with his hands tied. He wasn't working. He wasn't hanging out with the, the servants. He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't partying. He wasn't hanging out. He had one goal on his mind, and that was his boy. Because I love this scripture, if you see this in, in verse 20. But while the son, he was still a great way off. His father saw him. And had compassion. The father saw him. He'd been praying. He had been begging God, bring my boy home. Bring him home, God. Can you imagine the joy and the excitement in his response when he saw his boy a great way off? Church, he was in a position to receive the prayer that he had been praying and the answer that God was going to provide because when he saw his boy, he didn't just stay still. He didn't cross his arms. He didn't rebuke his son. Go away. I don't want you. I don't need you. But the story says that he ran to his son. He ran to his boy. Why? Because he had been praying, begging and pleading God bring my baby home and when God responds are you in a position to receive everything that God has for you some of you sit here today and some of you parents have been praying for the lost sons and daughters some of you sit here today and you've been praying for your wife or your husband some of you have been praying for your brothers and sisters can I tell you can we position ourselves today to receive God's answer to us and that is Jesus Christ he died on the cross for us He's here, and he's now for you to receive if you're just being willing. 
to receive everything that he has for you. He hears your prayer. He hears your cries. Your prayer doesn't go unanswered. But when he responds, not if, but when he responds, are you in a position to listen and receive everything that you've been praying for? Why well, he's still a long way off, he ran. He ran to his boy. He kissed him, hugged him. If you're praying for it, then position yourself for it. Then this is what I want to do right now. Just in this moment, just all across this room, can you just bow your heads, close your eyes? We're talking about receiving God's response. God's response to us in John 3, 16 is, for God so loved us, he loved us that he sent his only son as a gift. In church today, we believe that if you accept Jesus in your heart to be your Lord and Savior, then you are saved. We want to give you that opportunity today. If you sit here under the sound of my voice and you say, Pastor Weston, I just, I don't know who Jesus is. I don't have a prayer life because I, I don't know who to pray to. Maybe it's been a while since you've had a conversation with Jesus. This free gift that you received today, his name is Jesus Christ. And if you're willing to let him be your savior, your Lord, then he's willing to change you. So if that's you, if you sit here today and you say, Pastor Weston, I want to know who Jesus is and I want to be able to have conversation with him. Can you just slip your hand up real high so we can see it? Yes, I see you. I see you. Anybody else? I see you. I see you. Anybody else? I see you. I see you. I see you. Wow. Come on. Anybody else? I don't want to leave this moment. I see you. Wow. All over. Yes, I see you. I see you. I see you, son. I got you. Jesus. Lord, for these six, seven, eight hands, the lives, God, that you died for, God, I pray that you would invade this place. God, that you would have your way. God, that you would begin to do something right now. Jesus. Can we do this, church? If, if, if you lifted your hand again with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if, if you lifted your hand or maybe even, maybe if, if, even if you didn't and you wanted to, and just as a, as a corporate body in unity, Together, can we just pray this prayer together? Can we do this? Say, say Jesus. Oh, come on, church. If we're going to pray it, we're going to mean it. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry I've sinned. I need you in my life. I need you to change me. And I ask you to save me. I lay down my old life for you. And I repent of my sin. Have your way in me. And when it comes to my prayer life, let my request be big. Let your response be sharp. And position me to receive everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? I just want to add to the challenge quickly. Just want to add to the challenge. If you just raised your hand to receive salvation and you prayed just that simple prayer, we believe that God heard you, God forgives you, and you have received his salvation because you've confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You are saved. We have a warm, I can't promise you it's going to be this warm again next time. We have a warm baptismal tank in the student center right now waiting for you. And if you would like to be baptized right now today, I want you to go to the student center We'll give you a t-shirt. You can get baptized in what you have on. We'll throw a a t-shirt on over you. We've got a towel for you. We're going to make that happen today before you leave church. Can you agree with them that that probably, let's just go ahead and put a stamp on it before we go anywhere else or do anything else. Let's just put a stamp on it. Let me show you this because I showed this first service and I'd feel like I was leaving you out and I have one minute. Show those three points real quick again. Whenever I listen to other people preach, I always, I take notes Always, I always take notes because I want to remember it and I want to look back at it and I'm not going to if I don't take notes. So if you don't take notes, you need to, okay? I want to encourage you and maybe even convict you. Take notes. When I was taking notes in first service, the Lord spoke this to me. It's very simple, but it just, I'd never really considered it before. He said, Chris, I want you to share that if, If people would receive what I've already said, then it would save me some responses in their lives. See, if Paul or Saul would have listened to the messianic prophecy throughout the Old Testament about Jesus, then God could have saved his response on the road of Damascus and Paul wouldn't have had to have been blinded for three days and thrown off of a horse. If, if Jonah would have received what God had already said and obeyed and gone to Nineveh like God instructed him to, then it would have saved God's response for him having to spend three days in the belly of a whale. If Adam, in the book of Genesis, would have just obeyed God and received the life that God created him in, instead of being disobedient, he would have saved heaven's response for sending Jesus to die on the cross as a propitiation for the sin that he would have never had to commit. So if you will receive what God has already said, then he won't have to respond in the same way to you. Receive what he said. Position yourself position yourself to receive. I love that. Didn't he do an incredible job this morning? Aren't you glad that I I listened to God and let him preach? I would have never written that message. I'd still preach it better, but I wouldn't have written it that well. I'm not giving in to that yet. We'll have a preaching competition. I'm all about competing. Hey, listen, come on, stand right where you are with, with us this morning. If you've never been baptized and you'd like to be, as long as you're saved and you understand that that baptism is just a public profession of your faith, what Jesus is doing privately, don't wait another day. It's ready and it's warm. 
meet us in, over there in the student center. We'll give you a, a free T-shirt. You can take it home with you. You don't have to take it off and give us a wet T-shirt. You can take it back home with you. You can have it. I want you to really consider that, especially if you just received salvation or you've recently received salvation. We want to baptize you. We want to put a stamp, an exclamation mark in front of everybody in this church, and we want to let hell know that you don't belong to them anymore, but you belong to the Savior that set you free, and you're going to live it out. Come on, just right where you stand. If you will, just open your hands like I'm handing you a present. We're going to get out of here. Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for every person in this room and every sphere of influence that they represent. I pray that you would bless them and keep them. Make your face to shine upon all of us and be gracious to us. Lord, lift up your countenance upon your people and help us to receive your peace. Anoint us to accomplish your will and to walk in your ways. God, to position ourselves in prayer in expectation that we are going to receive what we request in Jesus' name, that your promises are yes, amen. You've never said no, but you will always say yes, not right now, or just hang on because I've got something better that, you would have, that you'll be glad you waited on. I pray that you would fill us with your spirit and empower us to be an example for you with every person that you put in our path. May we meet people and grow closer to you together. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. Meet us in the Student Center. Shake hands with somebody that you don't know before you leave here today. We'll see you down.